Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and today I'm going to talk to you about something that, quite frankly, scares the shit out of me. Today's true crime case is, I think, something that we all fear for ourselves, for our loved ones, and for just vulnerable people in our community. I almost, I feel like this is the boogeyman, like the person who can snatch you and lock you up and do whatever and throw away the key. We found them. Okay, so let's just jump right in. The event started October 16th, 2011, when four mentally handicapped and malnourished adults were found locked in the basement of a Philadelphia apartment. One of the four individuals was actually chained to the broiler. This was a very small, very dirty, and like very foul-smelling basement, okay? Apparently, the person who had kidnapped and held them there had just given them a bucket to use the restroom in, and they were just left there with no food, no water, very, very disgusting and disturbing conditions okay so who found them who the hell had been holding them down there what's going on right so according to an abc go news article the landlord of that apartment rental property noticed an unusual amount of trash like way more than normal and he also noticed some supplies like light bulbs and such were missing along with the basement being locked so i'm gonna presume that this basement is kind of like an all-access basement to the apartment complex so with that happening and then these dogs just kept barking and barking and barking and barking the landlord decided to take a look in the basement and this is where he found these four adult victims who are these adults why are they there who's got them there according to the victims they actually knew the people who'd brought them there one victim said my mom brought us from florida to philadelphia now she was 31 at the time, and so they didn't know if she had, A, been held against her will by a woman for a really long time and started calling her mom, or if she was the captor's actual daughter. So they did link these four victims to a woman named Linda Weston, who was 51 at the time of this crime in 2011, and um, she also had some very obvious co-conspirators. Thomas Gregory, who is 47, both him and Linda met and are from Philadelphia. And then they had help from a homeless man who was actually from Texas, a 49-year-old Eddie Wright, Nicholas Woodward, and a man named Gregory Thomas. Now, Gregory Thomas was Linda's boyfriend at the time, and they kept saying they were going to charge him, but I do want to say he was never actually charged with the crime. He is believed to be a co-conspirator of these cases, so... If by chance anybody meets Gregory Tom Thomas, ex of Linda Weston, stay the fuck away from him, okay? So, what the hell is going on, right? Like, why do these adults have these four other mentally handicapped adults captive? They had them starved, beaten, and living in deplorable conditions. These adults that they held captive were mentally disabled, but they were cognitive and high functioning, and they understood what freedom was and that they were captive, okay? So what Linda Weston did, this is the ringleader, is that she would find people really easy to manipulate. She'd be super generous and get really close to them. And they, like I said, they weren't individuals with low cognitive function, 
So this actually became declared a hate crime because Linda preyed on and abused the mentally disabled specifically. So what she would do is she would be generous, open them up to her home. She would find individuals that didn't have strong family or like ties to the community around them. So they'd be really easy to, you know, kidnap. And so what she would do is she would have them over to her house and after weeks of them being with her she would get herself declared their caregiver so she would be basically the recipient of their disability checks in exchange for helping them out and taking care of them now she would then lie to social security about what she was spending the money on saying it was for these people who she was caring for but she was actually holding them hostage not taking care of them and spending the money on her and her family See, they first moved from Philadelphia to a trailer in Texas. And this is where she began locking them in really small spaces. I mean, she would even lock them in spaces as small as like kitchen cabinets underneath the the freaking kitchen sink. So the initial charges to start before they really delved deeply in right off the bat were criminal conspiracy, aggravated assault, trespassing, kidnapping, simple assault, reckless endangerment of persons, unlawful lawful restraint and false imprisonment after further investigation they had the gut-wrenching discovery that this was a 10 year okay that's a decade first of all a 10 year long social security scam with many victims i mean some of the victims even died in captivity and some even had children while they were in captivity that there's no record of that were used for more welfare money okay so this whole scheme that linda weston started she started in 2001 and what they did was they lured mentally handicapped individuals with no family no properties um nothing to tie them to their community and they then linda and her co-conspirators rented properties in philadelphia pennsylvania killeen texas Northfolk, virginia and west palm beach florida Okay, so like I said, she'd get really close to them, convince them to move in, convince them to make her their beneficiary for their checks. And then after that, she'd formed this sort of like bond with the victims, doing whatever she had to pretend, you know, being their girlfriend, even if they were a man, woman, didn't matter. Um, Just being there for them, being an ear to listen to, being, you know, a shoulder to cry on. And then she would totally flip the script once she got that social security check. Now, while being held captive, she would force them into really small, dark spaces with little to no light and keep them in complete isolation. She would then put drugs in their foods, sedate them. If they tried to fight, escape, refuse, or follow directions, they were met with very brutal very harsh punishments. I mean, this includes beating them, burning them, hitting them with objects, stabbing them. I mean, this was literal torture inflicted onto these people. I mean, not to mention they were also severely underfed and received no medical attention for any of these injuries. And they had severe injuries. I mean, we're talking broken limbs, broken ribs, busted, you know, busted body parts like eye sockets I mean these are people that would have needed serious medical care for some of these injuries and um 
I mean, the surviving victims have many scars from their severe beatings. I mean, even visible all over their faces. So altogether, there were at least six adults and four children held captive at the time that they were discovered. Now, the police do know of at least two deaths and prosecutors can prove that they took place over this 10-year span and that Linda and her co-conspirators are responsible for these deaths. Now, they also found, though, 50 identifications for fraud during their search. So they do strongly, strongly believe that there's more victims and people involved in this. The first known victim to have died in their care was April 2005. They lured a woman named Donna Spadia to their home, and that is where they locked her in the basement. She died not long after being captured. Um, She wasn't allowed to use the restroom. I'm not sure what that has to do with her death. They don't really say exactly, but um, basically she was held captive. She was not allowed to use the restroom, and then she ended up passing away. So Linda, the ringleader, ordered her body to be dumped onto some other property before she called 911. Another known victim, the second of the two deaths that we know for sure, was May of 2008, and this was a woman named Maxine Lee. Now, she was living with Linda and her family, and she'd gotten into an argument with Linda. Linda beat her severely, and then shortly after, she moved her to Virginia, where she locked her in a cabinet and attic, off and on, and left her there, barely feeding her for several months until she eventually died of a bacteria infection and starvation. She then ordered her body to be staged in a bedroom when she called 911, And the next day, the family moved to Philadelphia. Now, police believe that during the captivity, Linda had her victims have sex with each other to have more children for more welfare. Yes. And you know what? According to Linda's family, um, this was not news to them. See, her siblings were terrified of her and because of her terror and abuse that she inflicted on them they all stayed estranged for nearly 20 years up until Linda's arrest this family stayed estranged from each other and from her because of the horror she inflicted on them so according to her family This is in an article from ABC. When Linda's mother died, Linda took over running the family home. So she was physically, mentally, and sexually abusive to her siblings. They said that she would even drug their foods and drinks to maintain control over them. So not only did Linda beat and force her siblings to have sex with her, she would also force them to have sex with each other and to bear children for welfare money. Now, Her niece, who was placed under Linda's custody just at the age of 10, told Action News that Linda forced her to work the streets as a sex worker when she was only 11, okay? And she was also severely beaten the 10 years she was under Linda's reign. She was beaten so badly that she has severe scarling. And I mean, like, literally, Linda knocked her teeth out. Like, that's the kind of beatings that this girl sustained. So on top of this abuse, according to her relatives, Linda also would kidnap her own family members. According to her brother in an article, she would move them all around Philadelphia to hide them. And her sister said once that Linda tied her own son, 
as in Linda's own child, she tied him up and put him in the basement. Now, he was able to break free and make a phone call to his aunt, who he told that his mom had drugged him, put him in the basement, and that there were other people down there. So Linda's brother went to go um, check out the house and see basically what the fuck was going on. And that's when he saw a 40-year-old woman uh, come out of the basement or come out from downstairs and ask Linda, Mom, can I eat? Linda's response was to smack her in the head and send her downstairs. Now, two days later, they were all gone. Everybody. Linda, I believe her son, the whoever was downstairs. And when the siblings tried to call the police, all they could do was knock on the door, listen for noises, possibly, but they weren't allowed to go in. And so there like wasn't much that the police could do other than basically a welfare check. So by the way, the family had a really, really, I'm telling you guys, this is damn crazy. Okay. She had a good reason to be suspicious of Linda. Um, they seriously feared her because they knew the extent of her abuse firsthand and what she was capable of. And she was capable of motherfucking murder, okay? In 1981, Lyndon Weston actually killed a man named Bernardo Ramos. See, her brother was only 10 when this happened, but he recounted the story. So, Bernardo had impregnated Linda's sister, but he said that he wasn't going to raise or help with that baby. And this pissed Linda off. So when Bernardo, Bernard, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bernardo turned to leave, Linda actually struck him in the head with a hammer. Now, the first blow she missed and she hit his shoulder, but the second one she didn't miss. Um, now, it was not fatal. So she, in then decided that she was going to tie him up and she locked him in a closet that she did not allow anyone to open or feed him for two months. So for two months, he'd only been fed four times and had been beat repeatedly. Um, it was that two months later when he actually starved to death. Now, when they realized that he turned purple and quit breathing, she actually ordered her two brothers to go dump him at the first abandoned house that they found. Now, upon the discovery of this man, they first actually thought it was natural causes. But upon further examination, he was extremely, extremely malnourished. I mean, he, his remains, he was a five foot four man, um, which I know can be a petite build, but his remains were only 78 pounds. And you know what's crazy is that this psycho woman who kidnapped beat and starved this man to death only got sentenced to like eight years and was actually released from prison on parole after four oh shit okay so like how can you kidnap beat and starve someone and not get the harshest sentence ever i mean it is heinous to deprive someone of the most fundamental human needs while beating them to death so she actually was released um on good behavior, I think, but that she violated her parole and had to go back. But still, she only got paroled after only four years. That's insane to me. So, okay, so what happened to the uh, all the other people? Okay, so the homeless man, Eddie Wright, who was 57, he actually pled guilty to their crimes of um, kidnapping and such. And he was sentenced to 27 years in prison. Gene McIntosh... Now, this was Linda's own daughter, and she was sentenced to 40 years. 
Then we have Nicholas Woodward, who was sentenced to 27. Um, and I believe that Nicholas Woodward was actually a preacher, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not sure, though. But unfortunately, charges were never actually filed against Gregory Thomas, who was Linda's boyfriend, that they highly suspect of involvement. And of course, the ringleader was Linda Weston. Now, she pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison plus 80 years in 2015. They were all collectively charged by a federal grand jury with a total of 196 criminal counts. Um, I believe they stole over $200,000 in benefits. And that seems so low to me to do for over 10 years against what was it, six adults and, like, four kids? Yeah. So all the charges that Linda pled guilty to was racketeering conspiracy, kidnapping resulting in the death of the victim, forced human labor, involuntary servitude, multiple counts of murder in aid of racketeering, hate crime, violent crime in aid of racketeering, sex trafficking, kidnapping, theft of government funds, wire fraud, mail fraud, use of a firearm in furtherance of violent crime, and false statements. In addition to the prison term, um, she actually was ordered restitution of $273,463 to the Social Security admin and $19,600 of special assessment. Linda never said why she did these crimes. Um, these crimes are also known as the Taconi uh, Dungeon, the um, Basement of Horrors, the Philadelphia Basement Kidnappings. Anyway, seriously, I can't believe that this happened to somebody. I also want to mention that they believe the way that the first victim who died under Linda's care that we know of for sure back in 2005 was because Linda fed her drug-laced food, and that's why she died so relatively quickly after, but we're not sure. Of course, Linda pled guilty, which I mentioned already, but she never gave, like, a full confession. She, well, I believe that she only pled guilty because, for one, they had her in custody since they initially found the four adults in the basement, one being tied to a broiler. So she definitely couldn't really get out of that situation, I don't think. But I think she only pled guilty to kind of avoid the death penalty. So that means that she really never had to give an ultimate confession or outline the details of her crimes, and she didn't. Now, her daughter was apologetic, but no one really gave the full answers. There's believed to be more victims and more bodies, but I guess we'll never know. It's stories like this that give me the chills because she didn't just grab these people while they were walking down the street. She befriended them. She built their trust. She built their confidence. I mean, they signed their checks over to her as their beneficiary. She would go to the Social Security office and lie to them and convince them that she was taking care of these people who she would starve and beat. And, you know, what's even sadder is that she really didn't have to do that. I mean, she obviously had manipulated them. She could have just as easily, not that I condone this, but rather than beat, kidnap, tie up, and starve them, leaving them with only a bucket 
to use the restroom with that she left down there in a crammed, isolated space with them is she could have just manipulated them for their money. And when that ran out, find another person to manipulate, to move in and take their money. I think it takes, just shows us how sick of a person she really was. And it just makes me want to be extra, extra, extra careful with who I let in and who I'm vulnerable with and how much trust I give to other people, especially people that you don't know. And I would say family, but oh my God, she did this to her family too. So anyway, guys, that's it for the basement of horrors in Philadelphia. The only other thing I really want to say about it is this is how they were found. They were found in this very small, very dark, very cold basement. And as I mentioned before, one of them was tied to a broiler. And this went on. She had those people for 10 years and others. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on Storytime Slayer. That's story underscore time underscore slayer on Instagram. And that is just Storytime Slayer on Facebook. You can also email me at storytimepods at gmail.com, which I'm really interested to hear your feedback. And if you have any other requests, comments, crazy stories of your own that you'd like me to share, go on there. And hey, guys, have a great week. Stay safe, please.